You're listening to Fan Holes, a podcast for Tauntauns and Twinks. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, baby. What's going on? This is my microphone voice. <laughs> Where do you buy those at? I need one. But, but I was like, in my head, I'm like, I can totally Superboy Prime punch this so it makes sense, <laughs> you know? I have a headset. It looks way cool. You should all be jealous. I, uh, we are. I'm with Mike on that one. Grimlock, I told you to take care of things while I was gone. (laughs) We do a podcast? What the fuck? Imperious Theater, tell us about these fan holes. Fan holes is a pop culture podcast. Made for the fans, by the fans. Well then, let us listen to them. By your command. Hey, all you cool cats and kittens out there in the radio land. You've got Tony the Night Ranger up on your dial. We're going to be hitting the hits and hitting the spits. What are you talking about? We're talking about the 70s, baby. We're going to be talking about some movies. We're going to be talking about some comics and some toys from that great era of funk. Oh, yeah, yeah. disco in the house. That's right. On the Fan Holes Podcast, we're going into the 70s. Can you dig it? Hey, guys. How you doing? Uh, this is Tony, the Night Ranger. Um... We're going to be doing an interesting little topic this week on the Fan Holes Podcast. We're going to talk about the 70s. Just going to go through the whole decade. Um, even though some of us were around back then, not exactly grown up. So we're just going to be kind of doing a nostalgia in reverse thing where we're just going to pretty much talk about stuff that we you know, picked up later in life that we know are associated with the 70s. Because it was actually a pretty important decade for uh, pop culture and whatnot. We do have our regular Fan Holes with us this week uh except for brian he's running a little bit late he may join us later he may not uh if not you know we'll miss him but um hopefully he'll be on our next one uh except for him we do have like i said everybody else uh who's out here tonight hey hey, what's up this is derek derek wc i am not wolfman jack (laughs) hey it's mike thunderwing groovy (laughs) and this is dr professor Uh, hello Uh, (laughs) Yeah, like I said, uh, the 70s were an interesting uh, decade, to say the least. Um, it, it, it was kind of a weird era. It was kind of cheesy, kind of fun. Uh, a lot of stuff did happen then. And, you know, we're just going to kind of just jump all over this place, go all over the place with topics and stuff. Um, one, one of the things uh, that became, I guess you would say, very prominent in the 70s after, like, the, uh, I guess you would say, the golden age of television in the 50s and 60s was uh, 70s television. Lots of interesting things kind of cropped up out of nowhere on the 70s uh, boob tube. Uh, I'm just going to, you know, go with somebody out of out of the top of uh, top of my head. I want to go with Justin, man. What's some, what's some good 70s programming you like? either saw like at a later date or wish you would have saw? Because I know sometimes you can't even watch some of that stuff anymore. 
I, I guess the biggest show from that era that I'm into that like I still really like and to enjoy and watch and everything is Mash. Like I, I really love Mash. Um, it's just it's one of those shows where it's like you you watch it and you appreciate like if if they're trying to do like you know a serious episode, you appreciate what the what commentary they're trying to make and like you know the Vietnam War or whatever's going on. But it's also like it's a really hilarious show, and I, I just love the way it's written. Like, there's some. It's like Sorry, I, just, I about to say, yeah, not to correct you, but it's the Korean War. Korean War, yeah, that's yeah. what I was about to say. No, I know it. It's the match is set during Korean War, but Vietnam was going on while they were. Oh, 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 while while uh, we're yeah. airing. I see. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry, my bad. Yeah, no, I mean, no, no. I, I I thought the same thing that Tony did. So that was just yeah. I mean, the series lasted eleven years, and you know the the Korean War only lasted two. So like they, it's one of those weird things where it's like you know <laughs> if you're a Star Trek nerd, you're like I don't. How do you make sense of this? Like, is it compressed time? But no, but you know, like I was saying, if there's a lot of like really great like one-liners and quips and everything, it's like if you kind of like take a moment to like take in all of those clips and everything and just like wow like that that's really well written like each each character has you know a, a great quip or re- retort or everything um like I, I watched it off and on growing up but i guess i didn't really um I, I guess i didn't really get into it much but like after i was out of college like i remember fx played a two-hour block every morning so like after you know not going to college I would get up and you know eat some breakfast and sit down and watch two hours of Mash and I like I really got into it and I I think I've seen just about every episode at this point you know it's it's kind of like Twilight Zone like every every now and then I'll find a new episode I'm just like wow I haven't seen this one this is awesome but uh, I I really dig Mash. Um, you mind if I play a little bit of a <clears throat> I guess speed round shenanigans with you real quick? Sure. All right, here we go. Da-da-da-da. Trapper John or Honeycut? Um, I have to go with BJ. Like, I, you know, those those first three seasons, you know, you've got um, Trapper John, and you've got like a different uh, commander. You've got uh, Henry Blake as commander. Like, yeah, I, I like the, my next one, Blake or Potter. <laughs> yeah, I, I like those characters, but I, I really prefer BJ and Colonel Potter. Like those, like I don't have anything against Henry. Like he's hilarious. You know, he's. He's like an alcohol, alcoholic, you know, skirt chaser and everything, and he, he's funny. But I, I really dig uh, Colonel Sherman T. Potter. I really dig him. I also like um, uh, Major Winchester. Like I really like, you know, when he came in. You know, some of those later, some of those later seasons, you know, they got rid of. Uh, well, they didn't get rid of, but you know, the um, radar ended up leaving. You know, you had some characters leaving, going like um, Major Burns. Yeah. Like I always liked Major Burns, and when he left, I think they kind of lost something. But then, you know, you kind of end up, you know, you have that same love-hate relationship with uh, Major Winchester. Like I really, I really dig all the characters in Mash. But, but dude, they added Klinger. Well, he he, he, he kind of <laughs> yeah, I, I dig Klinger too. Like he, you know, he's a good like character you can study and you can see like how how outlandish and weird he is in the first couple seasons where he's always. You know, dressed in women's clothing, but later on, like he he starts wearing, you know, more you know, quote unquote normal men's clothes, and you know, he takes over Radar's position when he leaves, and he eventually he uh, Klinger marries like a North Korean or South Korean, you know, he he basically becomes you know, I guess like 
a normal person, I guess, for lack of a better term, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the whole, uh, the, like, you know, the running joke, as you're well aware, I know, it just it, he was just dressing in women's clothing to pretend like he was crazy so he could get, you know, four, eight, you know, like, you know, stamped to get out of there because he didn't want to yeah. be there. Yeah. <clears throat> he wasn't actually, um, you know, even a cross-dresser. He was just like, look, I'm in women's clothing. Gotta be crazy. But, <laughs> yeah, I, I, as you can tell, I really dig match. Like, I've got, like, maybe half of those uh, season sets on DVD, but... Um, a show that I hate from the 70s, just to like get some of this out of my system, is yeah. I I absolutely hate the Brady Bunch. Like I can't stand that show. Like I don't I don't know how you guys feel about it. I'm sorry if like I'm stubbing your toe, but like man, like I don't know what it is. I guess I grew up watching too many like reruns on TBS with my cousin or whatnot. But I hate the Brady Bunch. I can't stand it. It's it's to me it's not a bad show. It's just it's one of those. It's a show. If it's on. I can watch it without getting pissed off, but at the same time, I would not call it one of my favorite shows. Not I, I don't know what it is exactly, if it is if it is because I've seen too many reruns or what, but man, that show really stubs my toe, and I don't know why. Here, I, I'm probably going to have a, a Tony moment to get him some, uh, cut him some slack, but I, I don't recall who said it, but I, I remember somebody said that they kind of didn't really get into Scooby-Doo that much. I would, I would probably say that would that, actually be me. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I would say that. Me that, too, that, probably. That uh, that Brady Bunch is more, you know, akin to that feeling. Where I'm not saying I've never watched the Brady Bunch or anything, but it's nothing I ever watched religiously, and it's nothing I was ever, um, you know, dead set on. You know, oh, I must watch this type situation you know if it, if it was on i may very well turn the channel do you know what i mean like yeah. i wasn't yeah. gonna be like ooh, stop the press i gotta hold here you know, <laughs> i gotta like, check out what marsh is doing like you know, no yeah. but like it's one of those like i guess you know cult phenomenon following things that i, I just don't get like i guess that's one of those things where you maybe you had to like have experienced it at the time or something i don't know yeah, uh, not even that, yeah. you don't you don't even like that episode where Spider Man breaks that chick's nose. <laughs> <laughs> oh my that, nose! <laughs> that one's okay. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Yeah, yeah. Mesh, Mesh was like, I mean, a lot of people call it like you know, and, and rightfully so, groundbreaking television because, as you said, Justin, it, it did a really good job of. You know, you'd have, like, Hawkeye being all Hawkeye, and he'd be, like, you know, a goofball and doing his, like, little groucho shtick here and there. And then, like, by the end of the episode, like, they'd be in the operating room and somebody would die who, like, you know, they didn't, like, plan on dying. They're like, oh, you're totally going to make it, soldier. You're fine, you know, and then, like, complications arise and stuff. And it just, like, you know, sometimes it would just leave you with, like, that, like, you know, holy shit, you know, (laughs) like, you know, not, yeah. They would do, like, a great transition from, like, oh, ha ha, we're yucking you up, and then it's, like... Hawkeye's having to like operate on one of his buddies and you know his buddy ends up dying and that's the episode and you're just like huh like wow shit just got real it's not always like you know giggles and kicks for these guys I think they always used to tell me you know especially in like studying acting and stuff like that like you know, not not that one is is more important than the other or anything like that but it 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 comedy is is something that's fine-tuned and becomes really difficult i think to to do and and sometimes like when you get used to doing dramatic things like because it's 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 kind of a manipulative art you know with like music and feelings and that kind of situation but i i always remember it was always a lot easier to phone in um 
some kind of sensitive gripping scene than it was mm-hmm. to make make people laugh type thing. And and I think well, you know it's it's a lot of skill to like sort of go back and forth between the two and do it convincingly. But I think I think you're always going to have you know somebody who's like a weighty. Um, how, how should I say it? You know, somebody who, who can do the comedy well, you, mm-hmm. he's probably going to be able to do the drama pretty well, too, I think. You know, well, like, it, it's like that old saying, like, you know, dying is easy, comedy is hard. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't even know how many, like, I mean, just to, you know, reference it, I, I'm not going to do the research because it wasn't my uh, pick, but uh, I know full well MASH earned so many Emmys and stuff during its run, so. Yeah. It was like well, well beloved. After Mash, maybe not so much. But that was in the '80s, so it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like Mash, Mash ended up going into like '81 or '82. So yeah, yeah. And after Mash again, yeah, not 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 quite as well beloved. Not bad, just yeah, totally different type of show. Uh, what about what about you, Derek? What's what's some good '70s stuff? You obviously not the Brady Bunch, so. <laughs> I think for me, probably the show that makes me smile the most that I I always got into and really loved was Three's Company. Um, I you know I always kind of you know it's uh, you know John Ritter living with uh, usually with two hot chicks, one of which was Joyce DeWitt, and then the the third was you know depending on what season you're watching, you know was Suzanne Summers or uh, God I don't even know who the second dopey ass blonde chick was. And then, she was like uh, a, kind of a hick, yeah, but I forgot her name, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember what her name was. And then, um, um, and then it was uh, Cindy, was it? right? Cindy, yeah. What was her name? Uh, she was in Mallrats or whatever. I can't think of her name now. But yeah. anyway, um, but uh, yeah, I, obviously, I didn't research this or anything. I'm just talking about a show I like. But um, you know, it's like they they lived in Santa Monica in an apartment there, and he's you know, I guess it was based on an old British. Um, sitcom or something like that or whatever it was some kind of adaptation you know for an american audience kind of like the office was or whatever but you know um you know he's pretending to be uh you know pretending to be gay so that they don't kick him out of this uh apartment with uh with two chicks or whatever like that but uh you know most of it's like that that kind of situation where there's always some crazy misunderstanding and 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 you know uh, John Ritter's physical comedy is is pretty impeccable, and uh, and then depending on of course what season you've got, you've got uh, you know Mister you know uh, Mister Roper and uh, the Ropers or whatever who are really funny landlords, or then by the end of it, you know you got Don Knotts as Mister Furley, you know, and so and then you know you got Jack's buddy Larry who's always trying to scam them and. You know, kind of, he's the kind of the shady... <laughs> or get laid. <laughs> yeah, the shady best friend and all that kind of stuff. And I, I just remember, like, you know, I, when I was a kid, I watched it, and I, I probably didn't understand everything about it, but I, I think the physicality of it was pretty funny, and I thought the ladies in it were pretty, even probably when I was a little kid, you know, not, you know, knowing too much about it, but just thinking, oh, those are cool ladies and stuff like that, and everybody's funny. And, and you kind of understood most of the misunderstandings. And then when you get older of course you kind of understand all the nuances and different things that were going on there and then i guess when i was living in la i kind of appreciated it a little more because it was kind of like the area i was you know living in at the time and stuff like that and then also it was just you know something where if you're i i I think if i was never in a 
if, if I was in a grumpy mood or whatever, that would be something that I'd just turn on and watch in syndication. And, you know, it's something that would perk you up. I know with other people, you know, people in the past have told me things like, oh, like, you know, I love Friends and Friends does that for me. You know, it perks me up or whatever. But I think for me, like I was skewed a little older for the show. But, you know, for me, it was always a show like that, like Three's Company, where, you know, it made me smile. It made me laugh. And that was probably my, you know. We were just talking about like personal favorite shows. Like that's probably one of the ones from the seventies. That's that's probably my favorite. I would, uh, and I, I want to go ahead and go with mine because I, I am going to secret brothers you on that. I actually, was a big fan of Three's Company too. Um, a lot of the <clears throat> a lot of the comments you made pretty much hit with me, especially like the theme song that I could not get when I was younger because it was like coming knock on a door, take a step that is due. <laughs> Anyway, but yeah, yeah, it was, it was really funny because like, yeah, when you're a kid, you don't really get the whole like, you know, you know, like Jack's pretending to be gay because the, the landlords are old curmudgeons and they don't want, you know, two, two women living with a guy and stuff, which seems so weird today, you know, in this day and age, it's like, that'd be totally okay. But like, yeah, you know, like when you get older, you're like, oh, I get it. That's why he acts so crazy sometimes because he's trying to overcompensate and, you know, Totally make this, you know, wacky, you know, out of the times landlord thing that he's like, you know, uh, uh, one of the homosexuals, you know, and stuff like that. And yeah, the acting was actually really good for that. I mean, it, it was kind of a silly show, but like, I agree with you. Like, John Ritter is, is really great with the uh, physical comedy. He would throw himself all over that daggum set all the time. Oh, yeah. Um, like the, the couch and the, the tables and all that kind of, you know, just all kinds of goofy stuff where he'd be running around and flopping on, and especially that that fucking couch in the middle, like, he was always, like, falling on it and flopping over it and doing all kinds of screwy yeah. shit. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was, it was, it was one of those shows that may not have been incredibly highbrow, but at the same time, if you watched it, like, you, you, like you said, when you got older, you notice a lot of stuff going on underneath the surface, like, it may not be deep, but there was definitely, like, you know, how how I guess the best way to put it is like it's kind of like a murder mystery. How they set up everything was really funny. How it all just kind of came down like dominoes by the end. It was like you know, aha, they're like you know, the whole the whole story kind of falls into place. You know, yeah, like, I kind of I I mean I kind of miss that in like contemporary, you know, uh, you know situation comedies sometimes because it seems like you know a lot of the times in, in these it, everything's like strategically planned out you know it's like oh what does jack need to do he needs to you know do xyz well what does he have to do to get it he's got to talk to the landlord but then you know it's like wait but he's dating this girl but the girl can't know that he's gay so then he's got to fake that but then he's seeing this other girl to help out his friend Larry, but he doesn't really like that girl, you know, and then, you know, the landlord sees him with both girls and is like, what the hell's going on? You know, it's like everything kind of like dominoes, but but it all sort of ties together and, you know, uh, you know, is part of some master structure, you know, that, that uh, you know, handles the entire episode. And I don't know, like these days, it seems like you watch something and yeah, they have an idea, but mostly it's like, oh, we need to shoot and on set location, you know, A, B, and C, and then get all those, you know, shots done, and then they kind of, you know, I don't know, like, I was watching, like, The Big Bang Theory the other night, and I was just kind of like, I started getting into it, you know, and I was kind of like, oh, they're making a new app, and they're, okay, okay, but, like, by the time it finally ended, it was just kind of like, it ends, and I'm like, so what happened with the app? 
I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I have no idea. It's just like it just kind of floats <sighs> out there in the ether, and you, you, it's almost like it's like, did you guys finish writing this? Like, what what happened? You know, like it's like it's not. I don't know. It felt kind of incomplete to me. Whereas, like sometimes I think I watch a lot of the uh, you know other sitcoms, and I'm like, well, it doesn't feel as incomplete to me. It feels like they had a you know a complete concept and story. It's like you knew. Oh wait, the one girl found out about the other girl and slaps Jack or dumps a bowl of water on his head or whatever, you know, and then, you know, yeah, or Janet, Mr. Furley's yeah. done the wiser. He figured out that, like, you know, Jack made him make him think, you know, and, okay, you know yeah. and then it's like, and then Janet's like, Oh, it's okay, Jack, you'll find a girl next time, you know? Oh, but at least, you know, <laughs> you know, you yeah. know what happened. And it's not like, you're just kind of like, Hmm, I wonder what happened with that. And then they never mention it ever again <laughs> on the show for the rest now? of the run, <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, I, I think that's probably one of the reasons why I guess some of us older curmudgeons like me and you still appreciate The Simpsons because they are really good about doing that. They they do t- manage to wrap up all the plot points pretty well. So I think that's one of the reasons why Simpsons is still well beloved because it it does have a complete story, much like Three's Company. Um, I actually did have an honorable mention. I know what the fuck, but uh, one of my favorite shows from the seventies just because. The guy who was in it, uh, Red Fox, is just uh, – to me, he's a comedic genius. I don't care what anybody says. But I, I love me some Sanford and Son. I don't care. Yeah, I'll back you up on that. Yeah. I mean, Red Fox, he just was – he was a comedy master. He was a stand-up comedian for many, many years. And his, his gruff persona is Fred G. Sanford. Just, I mean – it was great. It was, it was just so funny just to see him just go yeah. crazy. And just, yeah. Uh, anytime, like, you know, Fred and Aunt Esther are on screen, like, I, I always pay attention because I just love the interactions, just the way that, like, you oh, know, yeah. the, like they, they despise each other and they've got really got some really great, like, you know, retorts and everything between themselves. Like, I love that. Yeah. It was, it was, it, it was kind of funny because it was, it was snappy, but also. It wasn't exactly again like three. It wasn't highbrow comedy, but at the same time, it was this witty comedy that was really mean when Aunt Esther and Fred would go at it. Yeah, like, they just hated each other so much, and it was just like it was. It was the one-liners that you would always want to use that you couldn't think of at the time, but they had them. They had them like you know in reserve, you know. They always had something good for each other, so yeah, that that was just a show that like is it a? I I, I know you and Derek are usually my uh. In the know, guys, Justin, is is, is San Francisco on DVD? I know you can watch it on, like, TV Land and stuff. Or yeah. I don't know if every every season is on DVD, but there are several sets out there. Like, I've came close to buying them and just haven't built the trigger on them. Yeah, I mean, I really like the show, but it's still in, you know, syndication. I mean, you can still catch it on various channels and stuff. That's why I haven't bought them. <clears throat> and really, I don't need to watch them in order. I mean, if I watch one, I'm like... Yeah. yeah, yeah. Looks like there's a complete series set out now. Um and it looks like it's pretty cheap. Uh, apparently on Amazon, it's only uh, like thirty five, thirty five ninety nine. So wow, nice. That actually might be worth uh, grabbing. Um, I don't know how many how many seasons it ran. I want to say at least five, probably more. I want to say like seven, six or seven. It's got like yeah. seventeen discs. So it's whoa, a pretty big set, yeah. Yeah, it might be more than five. I, I mean, I knew it was at least five. I mean, I knew, I knew it ran for a good long while. But yeah, yeah, I just, yeah, it, it, like Justin said, you know. Uh, six six seasons. Six seasons? Oh, okay. I was right still. More than five. <laughs> they, they they probably just did a lot of episodes per season. I know uh, Red Fox was a workhorse. He probably, like, they probably did, like, you know, 
24 or 25 episodes or whatever per season. Like the maximum you can do instead of like nowadays where it's like 13 episodes is a season. Um, uh, just like really quick, like one of my favorite ones is like, you know, Fred enters a Red Fox lookalike contest and ends up losing. <laughs> like, I always thought that was really brilliant. Like he's, you know, because he is, you know. Yeah, he loses. And he's like all upset about it. He's like, what? <laughs> yeah. I look like Fred Fox. <laughs> Red Fox. <laughs> But yeah, uh, yeah, it, 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 classic comedy. Um, yeah, so I, I'm definitely Secret Brothers on Three's Company, um, and, and and much like I had to pick on Justin about Aftermath, Three's a crowd is a horrible show. And again, it was in the 80s. Yeah, that is that is kind of disappointing. You know, what's funny is like whenever you come to the end of the run in syndication, though, it's like they would start from like the first episode of Three's Company, and like even though it's horrible, like I was always kind of like. I want to watch more about Jack being a chef with his wife and the dad and stuff, even though it sucks. But yeah, yeah, yeah I was like, yeah, because you know they actually do do that on uh, do do they do that on TBS? <laughs> they do that on Saved by the Bell when uh, Saved by the Bell ends. They actually do show Saved by the Bell the college years and stuff. Oh, okay, that's interesting. There, there were a lot of like weird. Standing at the edge of tomorrow. <laughs> There are a lot of like weird like sitcom turns like that. It's kind of like, you know, um, all in the family ran for so long, and then oh, you know yeah, eventually yeah. like Edith dies and Archie runs a bar, and it becomes basically like Archie's oh, place. Yeah, yeah, the Archie's yeah. place thing, right? It's yeah. funny, like so many, so many, um, like that's a great show, but like I, I was thinking about like so many sitcoms sprung out of that. It kind of reminds me of. Um, yeah. of happy days in a way you know it's like happy yeah, days like, and then it's like, like you know you got like mork and mindy and and all that other you know stuff laverne and shirley but then like all in the family it's like what it's like maude and the jeffersons um, and the jeffersons and like all those other shows that like you know it's like basically you know spinoffs and continuity and team-ups <laughs> and shit you know so you know. yeah it's just yeah just like geez like their own little marvel universe of wacky hijinks yeah yeah, um, yeah. Uh, fun, funny little note, though, when you were talking about Three's Company being adapted from a British show. Actually, I don't know if it was British or not. I think it was, but Sanford and Son was uh, adapted from something called like Steptoe and Son. Yes. Yeah, which I believe was a, a British series. So. Yeah, like I, my, uh, you know, my granny is a big fan of that show, and she was curious, so she bought like the pilot VHS tape of Steptoe and Son just to like check it out. And I remember watching it with her, and it like, I don't know. I guess I was like a junior in high school at the time, and like. We sat down and watched it, and neither one of us laughed at any moment during that that show. Like it, I don't know. Like the British version was not funny at all to us. We're, we were just like, "This became Sanford and Son." Like, what the? Like, <laughs> the only thing in common was like, you know, a father and a son is junkers, and that that was it. And it, I don't know. Like, it just wasn't funny at all. We were like, you know, really disappointed. Yeah. It, well, it you, you know me no. about uh, about British television, so I, I've never <laughs> obviously seen the uh, the uh, British version of Three's Company, but it's called um, it's called A Man About the House, so that's what it's <laughs> called. So uh. they, yeah, they they actually like I guess tried in the seventies, where nowadays it's like, oh, this is great new British comedy called The Office, and it's going to be adapted for TV in a couple of years. What's it going to be called The Office? Um, <laughs> Yeah, we kept it. We kept it simple this time. We just yeah. they didn't even change the name. <laughs> <laughs> um, but at least we forget our 
And yes, I'm going to pick on you a little bit. Our youngest member of the panel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, he did do a little bit of research. Uh, Mike, what was a show from the 70s you've seen or maybe, like, like I asked Justin, something you want to see that you've heard good things about? <laughs> I know, we were talking. <laughs> What? what? Oh. Are we not? Oh, is it my turn? Oh. Mike's Are like, we not on this cast? <laughs> We're not. We, we had to. Enough. We had to. We had to wake the baby guys. <laughs> I'm cranky. Get me a bottle. <laughs> We're not hip and itchy enough. Exactly, you <laughs> old people. A bunch of th- three guys playing around a checkerboard while Mike's over there with like a fucking PSP. <laughs> oh man. Mm. You can keep your Star okay. Trek technology, sir. I'll stay. <laughs> I'll stick with my checkers and chess. Uh, uh, I'm I'm playing some like holographic like chess game, like Chewie and C3PO or something now. <laughs> no, uh, I'm gonna stick with a with a hoop. <laughs> I'll be back. <laughs> yeah, you guys play with your sticks and your 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 uh like yeah Ball. yeah Ball. what you said yeah. Oh, well, I was going to say, uh, yeah, I used to watch, like, repeats of All in the Family and all that, and then, like, I love Archie Bunker and, you know, Jeez, Edith, you know, and all that. Yeah. I'll watch it. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I love it. Hey, damn, me dead, you know, and uh, all that stuff, yeah. um, I like, uh, what do you call it? I used to watch on Sci-Fi, they used to show repeats of The Incredible Hulk, and I used to like watching that, you know, right. Bill Bixby and Lou Ferrigno and all that, and uh, that was pretty cool. Um, I guess as a counter to, like, Derek's uh, dislike of British television. Uh, I used to buy, like, or rent a VHSs of Monty Python's Flying Circus, which aired in the 70s, but in Britain, obviously, or in the UK. And, you know, that came out of my love of, uh, you know, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. And I was like, oh, i got to see more of what these guys do. And, you know, uh, Monty Python's Flying Circus was basically, like, their, like, kind of, like, uh, a variety show almost. Where it's like, you know, they showed a bunch of, they did a bunch of skits and stuff. And uh, I love, yeah, uh, like, like, you know, the Minnesota. It's the Sarah Burnett show, but it's British. (laughs) Exactly, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But, you know, you got, like, classic stuff like the Ministry of Silly Walks and, uh, like, nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition, you know, and, and uh, uh, I, I, I love, uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with it at all, but, you know, I, I love the skit called The Bishop. Uh, I don't know, like, it's just this dude dressed up as, like, a Catholic, like, bishop. Is he the one who tunnels and- underneath the ground? I think I only think they did it once or twice, but I just every time I watch it, I crack up. Where it's like you know, uh, the guy like Bert, like he, he like like tries to save all their like people and like you know religious like people from like horrible fates, but they always end up dying by like right at the second that he gets there. And he was <laughs> like, we was too late. You know, but uh, like every time like he bursts into the room, the guy like looks at the camera and goes, the bishop. And then like it it goes, it goes into like his whole like theme song and stuff. But it happens every time he bursts into a room. Like so they like restart the theme song every single time someone says the bishop. But but, yeah, that was always I I always cracked up at that. But uh, I don't know. my, My video store had like a bunch of VHSs of that. So like it will. Not a bunch, maybe like four or five. So I saw like the same four or five or whatever, however many episodes they had on there, like over and over again. But I always dug that. So, 
And uh, aside, uh, um, I assume we're going to talk about, like, this in a different thing, but aside from, like, you know, other cartoons and anime, that's about it. Oh, okay, cool, cool. Um, since you said that, and now for something completely different. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, there, I, I actually should have lumped this all together, but there was a lot of cartoons that came out in the 70s, too. Um, I want to go ahead and go first, because mine's really easy. Really sadly, sadly easy. Probably what I equate most with the 70s and cartoons. Super Friends, and done, really. So that's Yeah, not, that's... Yeah. The, well, I, I love the Super Friends. I mean, the, the only other thing I was going to add was that the... For me, like I only discovered these later in life, but I'm I'm happy that the '70s gave us, uh, you know, Lupin and uh, Gundam too. But but man, the Super Friends is is definitely my thing too. So, you know, whatever it is, you know, uh, Marvin and Wendy, Zan and Jaina, Challenge of the Super Friends, like all that stuff is, uh, you know, '70s goodness to me. So, yeah. and oh, yeah. not not exactly animated, but you know, kind of like a kids thing. The '70s gave us. Um, the first Sentai series, uh, Go Ranger, and we also oh, yeah. got uh, Common Rider in like '71, I think. Nice. Get nice. some, get some Kikaider. <laughs> yeah. Kado. <laughs> yeah. I liked, yeah, I liked Super Friends and like the New Adventures of Batman and stuff. I remember <laughs> that uh, the same video store had like this, the same like uh, New Adventures of Batman VHS, like that I kept. Uh, getting like every almost like every well like i used to alternate with certain things but it, it was like five batman adventures and you know it, it, it was like you know the uh casey Kasem and what is it derek uh olin soul I think. yeah that's actually yeah. you know technically that's like uh the the 60s one that vhs tape but the new adventures of batman came out in 77 but the, you could, oh, okay you could tell the difference because there's like uh adam west does batman's voice and Burt oh, okay, does yeah. robin's voice in the 70s series and also like batmites in like pretty much every episode okay yeah i'm probably thinking of the 60s yeah but the, still the, it's, the it's cool yeah. like that's yeah um, and also, I for 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 just share like you know uh, uh, levels of like horrible cheesiness and you know cheesy awesomeness and making fun of. I I love the the seventies Fantastic Four cartoon. Yeah, with the <laughs> that's the infamous wood a wooden gun. <laughs> it's impossible. It cannot be. Nothing can defy my magnetic power. Magneto episode, yeah. So is that also like fan- Thing Ring? Do your thing. Uh, it's not the same cartoon, but the the, the Thing stuff came came out like later after that Fantastic Four cartoon. Oh, okay. It was like it, it's still in the seventies, but it's like I think it came out like in nineteen seventy nine. So it was like two years after the the uh, oh. new Fantastic Four. So New Fantastic Four was like with Herbie and shit, and then the Thing Ring yeah. thing came later. I think it was part of like a it was a Flintstone show. So mm. like it was like it was like Fred yeah, and like Barney. the Thing and like, like <clears throat> it was like Fred Fred and Barney meet the Thing, but they don't actually meet, and they just kind of have like you know it's like they did a Flintstones episode, and then they would do the Thing episode. So Derek, was that Plastic Man series in the seventies or the eighties? 
it, it it's like mash it started uh. in i think 79 and then i think it it kept getting retooled so then then by like i think by like 1981 it was like the the it, it was like the plastic man you know baby comedy hour or whatever you know it was like because they had like <laughs> oh, all yeah, the baby, you know, class. baby class and all that shit you know so I always I always found it ironic that like uh, I know like Stan Lee and uh, I think I think it was Stan Lee and Jack Kirby like they had like creative control over that Fantastic yeah, yeah. Four show and it seemed to me like the one from the like the earlier one was like a lot better yeah. or more, like faithful <laughs> yeah yeah that's like kind of fun. it's funny like if you watch like those epi- like even like that Magneto episode like it's like you know Magneto's just like sitting in traffic in his like Magno car or whatever and he's just doing his like stanley like overdone like dialogue yeah, and like yeah. to him talking to himself pretty much so it's like you know it's like i tire of this traffic i shall rise above it <laughs> let others wait in this traffic magneto waits for no man you know and his, <laughs> i his, need uh, mis- no gas is <laughs> <laughs> is mr slate voice yeah <laughs> yeah oh I, I i actually forgot about this cartoon but since we're talking about superheroes and stuff I saw it mainly in the 80s when it was re-ran, but I'm pretty sure it was a 70s tune. And I don't know why, but I it was one of the very few. I'm not a huge Hanna-Barbera fan, actually. But you know what? I dig me some Blue Falcon and Dino Mutt. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why. Just good, good series. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, re- I really dig like most of those Hanna-Barbera cartoons, actually. like I'm a big fan of those. Yeah, I, 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 I think... Blue Falcon was 70s. I don't think it was 60s. I think it's still a little too newish looking. I remember when I saw it in the 80s, it still looked kind of <laughs> new. The, the thing about a lot of 70s cartoons were some of them were like really like insidiously like dull, like almost <laughs> like, you know, like like take like C-Lab 2020. Like the, the you know obviously Adult Swim like you know has that C Lab twenty twenty one where they like take animation from that show and like do made it into a comedy. Yeah. But there there, there was actually one episode of C Lab twenty twenty one where the like cast they went and redubbed an original episode of C Lab twenty twenty just to show you like how bad it was and it's just like it's so like monstrously boring. It's like you know like, we're gonna swim. We have fixed this. Ah, good. Yeah. Job. Exactly. Yeah. It's like they fix problems underwater. It's like the the adventures of a maintenance crew. <laughs> it's like genders in action. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. yeah. I guess I guess the only other like seventies cartoon I paid attention to a lot would be like the filmation Star Trek cartoon. Oh yeah. Yeah, I, well like I'm... I I haven't seen every episode, but like I remember watching reruns of it quite a bit when Sci Fi Channel had it. I, I'd see I guess this will also uh delineate uh my age, you know, but but I would watch the reruns on Nick at Night or whatever. It was always on, or it was on Nickelodeon or whatever, like that uh, filmation Star Trek cartoon. So, because I remember watching it too, because it always like blew my mind even as a kid. Because I, I mean, I remember seeing the original Star Trek. I mean, I wasn't a huge fan of it because I was younger. I didn't really get like you know, oh, it's too serious, it's too. But uh, I would watch like you know the cartoon. I'm like. Whoa, what's with the weird funky head alien, and why is Ahura a cat, you know? <laughs> <laughs> what happened to Chekhov? He, like, turned orange and grew, like, you know, extra limbs. <laughs> Seven legs. <laughs> I always hear stories about, like, that show, about how, like, I know, like, it was, like, the original cast and stuff, wasn't yeah, it? Like, yeah. doing the voices, James, like, I James, always hear... James Doohan was, like, you and me, he did, like, every voice, and then it yeah. was, like, 
It was like, uh, you know, then Kirk and, you know, Shatner and everybody else just did their own voice. But it's like, if you look at like the credits, it's like, you know, Klingon, you know, warrior, you know, you know, Kang is like James Dewan. (laughs) You know, it's like, it's like the, the marshmallow outer space creature, James Dewan. It's like everybody, everybody else was James Dewan. So I, I, I always hear like crazy stories about that where like, you know, that the actors, like they, they barely had any time at all to record for that show. So it's like, you know, they always let you like used to get them at airports and like in bathrooms (laughs) and record their lines really quick and stuff. So. Uh, 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 Mr. Shatner, Mr. Shatner. Yes, what? How can I help you? <laughs> I was like, we need okay, we got it. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like another one of those bang up uh, Lou Scheimer operations, right? <laughs> yeah. Rotoscoping uh, William Shatner in the bathroom and getting him to do the voice. You know, <laughs> hurry up, we gotta get this done. We got an idea, Larry. Um, <laughs> yeah, seventy shows weren't. Yeah, uh, filmation was actually really big in the seventies. Actually, had a lot. Oh of yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah. What like you got what the uh, Fat Albert and all that other yeah, stuff? Yeah, uh, Zorro, I think, and Tarzan weren't they out in the seventies? Mm, Tarzan yeah. was like late sixties. Oh okay. Okay. What about a uh, Zorro? I know they did a Zorro show. Um, they, they did like Zorro and Lone Ranger, but that might have been in the eighties. I don't know. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Because I, I remember seeing them in the eighties, but I didn't know if they were reran, so I don't know. I, I I forgot to mention I'd also like to echo like Derek obviously with the with Mobile Suit Gundam which was seventy nine I believe yeah yeah uh, yeah yeah. <clears throat> yeah a lot of good cartoons came out then uh, some not so good ones um but probably the only bad cartoon I can really think of that I really just did not like at all that just <laughs> I I I didn't like the uh, whole uh, uh, Oh shit! I could be wrong. Was Groovy Gooly seventies or was it sixties? I think it was sixty. I, I well, it's it's weird. I think it, it might have been nineteen seventy because Sabrina was in sixty nine. So maybe Groovy Ghoulies was was. Uh... Yeah, because it, it was just it was just exactly what uh, Justin was talking about. It wasn't. It wasn't so much. It was just bad. It was. Just, oh yeah, it was... yeah. It, it counts. It, it started in the 1970s, so that's okay. that's good enough for me. It was 1970 to to uh, like 71 or something. So. Yeah. It was just so boring to me. That's just me. I mean, just. I don't know. I don't know. I... To me, it always just seemed like they were they were cashing in on. Um, you know, the monsters and Adam's family and, and yeah. things, you you know, universal monster movies and things like that. I mean, I, I never had any problem with it. You know, what's funny is I own the DVD set, but I can't say that I've seen like every single episode. I'm not a, um, a ghoulie head or whatever they call the fans. <laughs> I watched the little documentary they had. I forget what they called the fans, the, the you know, <laughs> lunatics or whatever they call the fanboys for that show. But yeah, I'm. I'm. Uh, I can't say I'm one of those, but I mean, I, I don't have any problem with it. I just, you know, like kind of like, uh, you know, I probably watched, you know, a couple episodes and then never finished the DVD set. So, I was also not a big fan of any of the Batman, like adventure movies or the Batman special movies, who had guest stars other than. Uh, not Scooby Doo movies. Had any other guest stars besides Batman? It's like this week the gang meets up with Phyllis Dillard. I'm like, what the fuck? Why? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> like, Phyllis, can you help us, like, you know, find the, like, you know, criminal? I tell you what, criminal, I would like you to find my husband. He still owes me money. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so, so you, you know, like the, the Harlem Globetrotters or, uh, um, oh, Josie cheap. and the Pussycats Take your suicide pill, Scoob <laughs> <laughs> I especially mm. like the ones where it's like This week, the gang meets up with the undead corpses of the Three Stooges and Laurel and Hardy <laughs> Hey, it could be worse that, that could be what we get today Where it's like, this week, Scooby-Doo and the Mystery Incorporated gang team up with Lady Gaga You know, and you're like, oh <laughs> At that at that point, like I'm gonna take my cyanide pills. Like that's it. I'm logging out of that. I'm logging out of life. <laughs> I don't want to live in a world where Scooby Doo meets Lady Gaga. It's just too much for me. They, again, they were just they they were they were silly, and they're also not usually as fun as the Batman ones. The Batman ones at least had like you know. Joker and Penguin being the bad guys and stuff, and you know the the like Phil was still the one that had like. Her landlord being evil or something, yeah. Like I, I'm imagining like this apocalypse doomsday scenario where like they have like a Brady Bunch reunion variety special and like the special guest star is Lady Gaga and I'm just like watching it and like my brain just explodes. <laughs> I'm like, hey, Marsha, who's our special guest? Lady Gaga. <laughs> oh God. Well, you know what? Actually, all this 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 uh, bashing kind of feeds into, and I guess we've done it a little bit, but we haven't gone over everybody. 70s, while they were really cool and had some cool stuff, eh, a little bit of shame in that decade. There were some uh, various shows or music or just, you know, something that may have happened, you know, news-wise, that you're just like, wow, you know, what the fuck, really? I mean, that's about the best way to put it up. So, 70s shame is kind of what we were calling this when we were banning about ideas, but it's basically just something that came in the 70s where you're like, yeah, that needs to stay in the 70s. um, I I also kind of took it as like the last time we did the shame topic. It was something that that I kind of liked, but you're sort of like, oh, you don't want to, you kind of, you're not sure if you want to own up to it or whatever, where, you know, if if you, if, if, you know, if you knocked it, you know, I might do a Justin like, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it could be something you like that everybody else, you know, hates. Personally, I don't hate it. I don't like it either, but I, I never had a problem with disco. I never understood why everybody hated it. I was like, it's just music. I mean, I don't listen to it, but it, you know, heard worse. You're all, Studio God. 54 must go down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it could be either one. It could be something that you're like, ooh, that really did suck. Or it could be something that I liked it and everybody else hated it. Fuck you. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah. When I was when I was thinking about it, like I I, I kind of came across two things, which was uh, um, I I like the Carpenters, and I know people might go, "Oh my God, you're insane" or whatever. But like, yeah, I I, I enjoy listening to Close to You, so I don't care what anybody says. Fuck them. Like I, I like that song, <laughs> so they can kiss my ass. Um, and then uh, the other thing is, and I know it's a terrible, 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 horrible, horrible, terrible, terrible fucking movie, 
But uh, I love the Planet of the Apes and, and beneath the Planet of the Apes, even though it's fucking the most horrible thing ever. And <laughs> when they rip off their faces and sing to the fucking bomb and it makes my ears want to, like, explode, like, you know, na- nails on chalkboard where they're like, unto the Lord my God, oh, I reveal my inmost self unto my God. I reveal no, my most inmost self into my Yeah, you know, and, and like yeah. that. But I still, and, and I know they, they're, they're all sitting there, you know, and they had less of a budget. So it's like, yeah, the, the lead actors actually got like real ape makeup. But if you like actually pay attention to all the extras, it's like just a bunch of assholes with fucking Halloween masks in the background yeah. and stuff. But I, I still love Planet of the Apes and I still like Beneath the Planet of the Apes, even though it's like, it's the same thing. It's like uh, Amaro and Camille or whatever. You know, it's like, it's like they got, uh, you know, Charlton Heston and then they got Little Heston, whatever his name is. You know, the, the guy James from Franciscus, the... James Franciscus, yeah. Yeah, yeah, James Franciscus. He's like, he did a, did a bunch of soap operas and stuff like that. And he was playing Brent to uh, Charlton Heston's Taylor. And, um, of course, I still love how, how Heston goes out at the end of that, too, where he's just like... He's like, you know, oh, the hell with all you guys. And he just blows up the whole fucking planet because he's like, I don't want to be in any more sequels. Fuck you all, you know? And it's like, you know. But anyway, I, I, I still like that movie, even though I, I realize it's uh, pretty uh, atrocious. Well, like, it's it's the one Apes film that, like, when I sit down and rewatch them all, like, I always fall asleep during Beneath the Planet of the Apes. And I don't know if it's because it's so bad or it's just like... It's like when they escape from Ape City and then they get to like the tunnel where it's humming. It's like I always sleep to that part. I don't know why, but I don't know. Probably because the, the the animatic. They, they always said they wanted something like as awesome as the Statue of Liberty reveal, but then like it kind of mm. isn't. It's like oh, we're in the middle of uh, you know Times Square in the subway station, but underground. You know, and you're just kind of yeah. like yeah, okay. Like it's sort <laughs> of fantastic, but not really. You know, like. I already established this was Earth. We get it. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's cool. I'm cool. Like, I know he doesn't know. It's like, you know, but see, it's because he's, he's a poor man's, uh, you know, a poor man's tailor. So he only gets the half-ass <laughs> reveal. It's like, you know, it's kind of like he, he always gets the second best. You know, he doesn't get the first best. He's just like wandering around the desert and finds like a takeout menu. No! He's like, he's like no, not, not, yeah, that, well, that's kind of what I feel like, though. It's like, not Taco Bell, I'm on Earth, you know, or whatever. It's like, <laughs> like instead of the fucking Statue of Liberty, you know, he, he runs into the fucking subway station. It's like, wait a minute. You know, he <laughs> finds a statue of Ronald McDonald you know, or something. It's like, mind the gas. Yeah. No. <laughs> you know, it's just kind of like, come on, dude. Like, uh, yeah. It's a little bit of a letdown, but you still really enjoy it. So, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, you know, and then, and then the other thing that kind of blows about Beneath the Planet of the Apes is like Roddy McDowell's not actually fucking in the movie, but, yeah. you know, and I feel bad for that guy, whoever does play Cordelius, but fuck him. He's not Roddy McDowell. <laughs> <laughs> You're cool, but still, fuck you. <laughs> oh, nice. Uh, <laughs> I, I'll actually give you a little bit of a reprieve, Mike, and I'll let you go ahead and go next because I don't know if you really have any shame since you were early around then. So, I consider liking anything from the 70s a shame. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> you go too far, sir. <laughs> No, I, I really don't. Yeah, like, uh, like I think I pretty much already mentioned it. Like, you know, the just uh, those like bad, dull cartoons that I always like. The the like 
the Sea Lab or whatever. All those like the things that like Hanna Barbera like churned out. Like you know, you know, uh, let's do this cartoon. Okay, a week later, it's like okay, we have like forty-seven episodes done. You know, <laughs> where they just you know reuse the same animation and stuff. So I don't know. I I really don't have anything you know that I could add. I guess. Yeah, mine's mine's probably not too in depth either, but. It is a little bit of something I'm, I'm ashamed to admit that I have watched, and I enjoyed it in the past. I haven't watched it again, but I watched it after the fact that it aired in the 70s. And the fact that I enjoyed it in the 80s does make me feel bad now. You know what? I don't care. When I was growing up, we didn't have the plethora of like superhero movies we do now where you can really see whatever superhero you want. And Spider-Man with his fucking mirrored fucking weird goggles and his rope webbing was like the <laughs> shit to me back then. I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> hey, even as a kid, like I hated that show, Tony. So you're kind of the opposite of me. I just, I just never thought I'd see Spider-Man in real life. Cause, cause Batman got played all the time. I mean, Batman was always on, like, you know, it was on some channels like, Oh, Batman has a TV show. Yeah. I mean, or he had yeah. a TV show, you know, when I was a kid. But they would replay the uh, Spider-Man movies every once in a great blue moon. They never showed, like, the uh, episodes, like, where I was anyway. But every once in a while, they showed, like, the, the movies. And I was like, oh, man, live-action Spider-Man. So I just I just kind of took what I could get, you know? I, I was usually excited to see the episodes. But then, like, I'm, I'm famous for pointing out, like, I always think the bear fights are funny. Where I was like, oh, there's some rite of passage with these fucking guys where they all had to fight a grizzly bear or some shit. It was like, <laughs> you know, Captain Marvel did it and the Hulk did it. And, like, the Hulk one's really funny where he tosses, like, the fucking bear dummy, you know? And you see the fucking <laughs> dummy go, like, flying through the fucking air and shit. Like rawr, you know, or whatever. But like the the Spider Man one's pretty funny too, where he's like leaping around fighting the bear. I was always kind of disappointed. Like it seems like they embraced the idea of the whoever the superhero was, but it's like it's like then then if you actually brought up, you're like, well, could you do like a real supervillain, like you know the Scorpion or the Green Goblin or somebody? Oh, no, and then no, it, it's gotta be then, a then it'd be like, no, you you go too far, sir. Like that's ridiculous. We only can have one ridiculous outfit for one series per series. Like, yeah, it's either, you know, it's either a bad scientist yeah. or a crazy industrialist, one of the two. You know, or some, you know, just some random, like, bad guy who, like, I will mind control you. It's like, really? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I like scorpions, but that's just it. I just like them. not going to turn it into one. They're cool. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. That was, that was just, I don't know. It, it is mean, a guilty at least, at least uh, Wonder Woman got Nazis and stuff, you know. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I, I can't really consider that like a guilty pleasure because, I mean, what's the best way to put this? Linda Carter was hot, so. <laughs> Pretty good looking in that outfit and everything, yeah. Yeah, I can't, can't hate on her. You know, you know who was great, though, and I have no shame in this at all, though, is you talk about the uh, Amazing Spider-Man. I love Joanna Cameron. Like, she's beautiful, so. Oh, uh, yeah. and, and, and as far as, like, uh, a shitty show she was on, well, Isis is kind of uh, – you know, a little a little weak on the weak side, but but she's she's uh, she's exceptionally good looking, so I, I I'd put up with that. <laughs> I would deal with your failures in TV. Uh, I'll deal with I'll deal with all the the funky filmation like don't cross the street without holding someone's hand. Okay, <laughs> you know, like all right, you know, tell me some stupid shit I don't know. Robbing people is wrong. Oh really? Okay, thanks filmation. Thanks for, for if you get your arm cut off, you should go to the doctor. You know? <laughs> <laughs> 
guns are not safe. Thanks. Um, I, uh, raping <laughs> and murdering and stealing a car is wrong. You know. <laughs> oh, okay. Calling your mom a bitch is impolite. <laughs> you know. <laughs> it's like, jeez. I'm like, I, I, we need to sit down all the kids today and have them like just watch like. Uh, <laughs> Zam fucking morals like twenty. All, the, all these fucking Jersey Shore kids would be like, "Oh my god, my life has been so wrong." He's <laughs> like, "I don't do that at all. I don't do that at all. I always steal the car." You know? What's he talking uh, about? It only it's only a big deal if you get caught. It ain't cheating if you don't get caught, yo uh, abs. Um, <clears throat> I think they actually say abs after every sentence. <laughs> What about you, Justin? What's some some secret shame? You know what I, I don't get from the seventies besides like the bad hair and fashion. Like, what was the fascination with variety shows? You know, like Derek just did a <laughs> HOCOF about you know the Archie variety show, which like I don't know what Derek thought about it, but I thought it looked kind of terrible. But Most there were a lot of kind of like I think variety show was out then too, wasn't it? I, I think there there are a lot of variety shows, but let me the the best way I can quantify this into a logical, reasonable response is I think the variety show was like the reality show of today. Ah, okay. Do you know what I mean? It was yeah. like it was cheap. You know, it was kind of sitcommy, but you only. I mean, you know, it, but but you could just bring in like random acts and stuff. It's kind of like. You know, sort of like what they do on like the Tonight Show and things like that, but but like in a kind of, you know, it's a more theatricalized context to it. Didn't didn't like the variety show pretty much kind of die out too by yeah. like the end of the seventies? Yeah, more I mean it was it was it was already kind of like it was the creatious period of. Uh, of variety shows by See, that point. Yeah. To, me, to me, this all goes back to the Brady Bunch because they had one, but you also had like Sonny and Cher, like Donnie Marie, Hee Haw, like, you know, I mean, stuff technically, like that. The, the fucking stupid ass holiday special from Star Wars was a fucking variety <laughs> show, too. Yeah, so, well. yeah. I mean, or even, even that uh, crappy ass uh, Legend of the Super Superheroes thing, too. Yeah. I, I think, like, in a way, I mean, I could be wrong. I mean, I'm I'm not as familiar with the business as uh, Derek, but like, I, I think in some ways it was also kind of cheaper too, than like you know, oh, we're gonna make this like you know elaborate set and everything. Like that. I was like, no, we're just gonna have like some cheapy cheap little stage. People are gonna buy tickets to like actually go to this and stuff. And because I mean, I, I don't know about most shows, but I know like shows like Conan and stuff. They, they like you know not Conan, but uh, some stuff like I think Daily Show or something. They like, like, you know, they they'll be like, give away free tickets, you know, if you want to be a member of the, you know, audience, you know. Like, yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I'm yeah. sure budget is a big part of the, you know, the reason why they do it. I mean, just gotta, it's yeah, the same thing with reality serious. TV. It doesn't, it doesn't cost a lot to make the reality TV show, and I'm mm-hmm. sure it doesn't cost nearly as much to do a variety show as it would to do either, you know, to, to pay, you know well-known actors for a you know a popular sitcom or you know or just a hour-long drama or whatever you know so yeah and they probably did like a talk show where like the people who were on there performing who were like big names is like yeah you get to plug your shit you're more like a guest you don't really get paid you're just pimping your shit you know 
I mean, you know, it's probably like one of those things where people had fond memories and they were proven successes, probably like in the 60s, you know, it was probably like or even in the 50s, you know, like Ed Sullivan or things like that, you know, like whatever it was that, you know, had a bunch of different cool stuff, even even, I guess, in a way like the Carol Burnett show, you know, the same thing. It was kind of like you could have, you know, Roddy McDowell show up in his uh and his Cornelius makeup and still crack jokes and stuff and everybody's like, <laughs> I'm a monger. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically it was like big hilarity or stuff. I, I guess the only surviving one uh, would be like you know, Saturday Night Live then. Yeah, I guess. I mean, yeah. if, you, if you qualify. It's, it's, it's a way. skip, but it does have variety. I mean, it does have special guests and stuff. So Yeah, yeah and, they usually, and they usually have a featured musical act. I mean, it's not exactly the same idea, but, but yeah. in the same way, you know, yeah. It's like yeah. it's like it's like it's like all the dinosaurs that turned into birds. Saturday yeah, Night Live is a bird. <laughs> it's a pretty bird. It's yeah. a vast predatory bird. <laughs> oh man! Oh, Clever girl. <laughs> uh, I want to I want to go ahead and uh, move on to a topic that I actually am a little bit more well versed on. The seventies, like I said, I remember a lot about them, but it, it, most of the stuff I saw was secondhand. This is actually a topic that I have more experience with because due to the fact that I had an older brother who was very much uh, more I guess you say cognizant in the 70s I got a lot of his secondhand toys when I was a kid and those toys were from the 70s uh, yes 70s toys basically uh, me myself where you could say the 80s were like a golden age for toys where like a lot of like awesome things came out I think the 70s was kind of a renaissance because they really started kind of doing new ideas in the 70s. You know, they actually kind of got on board with a whole, you know, hey, toy toys is serious business. We can make some money off this. So uh, I'm going to save my thoughts for a few minutes, and uh, I'll, I'll go with uh, one of the other two toy heads right now. I know Derek's not a big toy fan. He'll probably have some 70s input. But, uh, like, Justin, what what's some uh, cool lines from the 70s or maybe some toys you actually have from the 70s? I was trying to think about this. I pretty sure the only like 70s toys i had as a kid might have been and you guys are gonna laugh because it you know it, it's like a running joke with us but i'm pretty sure it was some of those like funky star trek motion picture action figures like I, I, i'm pretty sure <laughs> I, I, had. I actually you know what those are the three and three fourths ones yeah yeah i like those i i i don't know whatever happened to it but i remember i had the mr spock one and i god knows what happened to it but i i, I kind of like those because they were the same size and style you know everybody's trying to ape the um the star you yeah. know the kenner's star wars figures those are migos too right i don't know i'm not sure so. either I'll look it up while we while we chatted up about uh, pajama Spock or whatever. <laughs> I I think the only ones I had though was like Spock and the Ilea probe. I don't think I had any other ones, and I don't know Decker what happened to unit. those. Decker unit, <laughs> um, action figure, take me to the closet unit. <laughs> Anybody want a ball chick action figure? Here you go. <laughs> you know, that's just what I've always wanted. Like I, Major. I know that my uncle had a lot of those like '70s Migu, you know, superhero figures. But you know, those those were collectibles. Like those weren't for me to even like touch. I could just admire them, you know. Like oh, Tony, Tony, you were you were correct. It is Migo who made the the sort of uh, you know Star Wars Kenner knockoff Star Trek guys. So. No my toys. <laughs> 
But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like you didn't get to play with your uncles, like uh, amigos. No, they those were just for looking at. I remember he he also had like a lot of like original Star Wars toys, and those were like you know high up on a shelf, never to be touched, just to be admired, you know, because he he had the foresight to you know buy all this stuff up, you know, when he was younger, and you know put it back, and you know later sell it off for you know a tidy profit, but. I just remember always like marveling at, at a melted head. <laughs> yeah, I I just always remember like marveling at you know this you know awesome collection of uh, Star Trek and Star Wars you know action figures and things. I'm just like wow, and I'm like no no you can't touch but you can play with you know Ilea Pro. I'm like oh man. <laughs> but Princess Leia has hair. <laughs> oh man, that's awesome. Uh, like, oh, oh no, uh, red kryptonite has turned Lex Luthor into a girl, you know. <laughs> With really short robes. <laughs> what about you, Mike? I, I know, like I said, I know you're not too uh, familiar with the 70s, but uh, did you get any second hand or you ever just kind of peruse the old, like, toy lines and go, wow, that's that's kind of cool? No, not really. I mean, my my, I, I I have seen like a friend of mine had some of like the original like uh, Star Wars toys, like you know, with the uh, like uh, I guess I call them like the uh, the pointer lightsabers, oh, where okay. it's <laughs> yeah, like yeah. you think they just need like a blackboard accessory too, like to come with, so they could like. I don't know. Here's but, our uh, earnings for this. Are, are, week. are you mocking the the arm action hidden lightsaber, Mike? Yes, that was <laughs> yes, that was I cutting am. edge in 1970. Yeah, that was that was super awesome back back when we were three. You know, like that was that was the shit back then. You couldn't R two D two couldn't even get a third fucking leg, so we were just happy to have Luke Skywalker's blonde hair, blonde lightsaber for no fucking reason. Like, we're like this is awesome. Even if, even if it doesn't match the color in the movie, it's still cool. Fucking vinyl uh, capes, motherfuckers. Does this flow in the breeze? No. <laughs> man, some of those guys, though, man, like the the Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker from that first line, man, those those heads were not uh, not very sturdy. Like you could just fucking oh. some of them. They had like weak ass necks and stuff. But um, but yeah, I, I, had, I had I had tons of those. Yeah. yeah, I remember I actually had like um, I actually sold it for a pretty decent profit. Uh, I had like the uh. The quote unquote big head Han loose. Oh, uh, okay. And apparently he was pretty rare. And I actually, I actually got a pretty decent amount. I think I got like 60 bucks for him. He was loose. He didn't have his gun, so he wasn't worth quite as much. But yeah, I remember I had like three Han solos. And like until, you know, I just threw them away, you know, eventually. I also had three Han solos, which were just, you know, a body without a head. <laughs> I think I think my biggest my largest appreciation of like seventies toys comes from like Twisted Me Go Theater and like Toy oh. Fair. Yeah, that's that's what I was thinking because you probably are used to seeing all the Mego toys and that you know like yeah. I didn't I didn't actually the, own a lot of the Mego toys like like basically I remember Incredible Hulk was the only thing that was left in Toys R Us stores during my my buying days so like what i did was i bought the mego hulk but he you know i sort of made him fit with the marvel uh secret wars figures because i figured like oh you know spider-man can just climb on his back and ride his back like he did in the comics and i just figured hulk's supposed to be bigger than all the other guys you know so the mego size like worked with 
with for my purposes or whatever. But um, uh, otherwise, the the stuff I could think of is some stuff that's pretty much already come up, which is like, you know, the, I, I had all the Kenner Star Wars stuff from the, the 70s, pretty much. And then uh, the, uh, the you know, like the, the Spock action figure I talked about. And then I also, I still probably have this somewhere, is um, I had a Cylon action figure, you know, from Battlestar Galactica. So Nice. Uh, yeah, I, like I said, I inherited a lot of stuff. Um, I had actually a pretty decent amount of Migos, not like a giant collection, but uh, I remember without a doubt I had like the uh, six-inch versions of like uh, Scotty without a shirt, um, Kirk <laughs> without a shirt. Um, I think Spock. I think I must have had um, Ben Grimm at a young age because and 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 all I, I'm thinking either that. Or, or that fingering cartoon you're talking about contributed to the misconception. Like when I was little, I used to think he could change back and forth, you know. And I guess I think in the cartoon he did. Yeah. In, the, in the cartoon he did, but also the Mego toy, like his rocks, like not his head, but like his actual rocks was like yeah, it was all cloth, yeah. So, yeah. so I think I must have owned that when I was like really young because that, I was like, what dude, kind of he dumbass could... superhero was that? I to put on my rock costume. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> put on my rock. My rock clothes, you know, like I didn't, you know, yeah, so. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I actually also had this one. I, I've tried to look it up, and, I, and as far as I could tell, um, I actually got this in the 80s, but it was a, a 70s toy as far as I know. It was a thing figure, actually, and he was more or less a statue from, like, the waist down. But from the waist up, he was made of pretty much, like, rubber or, or like, PVC and he originally came with like chains and you could bend him over and put his hands in chains and he had like a little pump and it would go into his back and you could pump him up and it would inflate the body and he would break the chains <laughs> and that's it <laughs> tony did yeah. did you ever play throw naked scotty down the stairs <laughs> um, <laughs> usually like usually like the the star trek guys i had cuz i had a lot of star wars too i had like a uh, uh, whole bunch of star wars usually like the star trek guys were just like you know half naked giants for like the star trek star wars guys you know it was like <laughs> it was like luke we must go fight those evil like scottish giants or something <laughs> you know? there's an angry naked scotsman coming over tatooine luke we gotta go kill this guy <laughs> do you have any alarming on air <laughs> like no go away you drunkard um <laughs> Uh, you should have used them. You should have used them for like Robotech. They could have been like Zentradi or something. <laughs> True, but the uh, other thing I, I actually did have a couple of Battlestar Galactica. I had I had Daggett. Why I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> look, he's an ugly fucking dog. Um, I try to think. It's uh, one thing I wanted to throw out there, just to like you know give a little bit of love for the uh, the Transformers. Uh, Diaclone came out in the seventies. So without Diaclone, we wouldn't have, you know, Transformers. So I just wanted to give a little throw out there to uh, to Kara for coming up with that idea. I actually did have, a, like, a little bit of uh, various Japanese toys that were, like, kind of imports in the fact that, like, knockoffs were still pretty big <clears throat> in the 70s and 80s. They weren't called knockoffs back then. It was just, like, you know... This U.S. toy distributor decided to make this toy, and it's totally fine. <laughs> it's not a knockoff. Uh, I actually had, like, the small Shogun Warriors Transor Z, or, well, he would be Mazinga, and he had no <laughs> fists. 
He was just it was die cast metal too though. He was like probably like about four inches tall. And seriously, if somebody broke into your house, you could just wrap that motherfucker in your hand, you can knock the shit out of somebody. Yeah, that's um, what I was about to just say. Like you can assault people with that toy. Yeah. <laughs> it's heavy, man. It's heavy as hell. Uh, I can see the headlines now. Local idiot defends house with action figure. Film at 11. <laughs> and wins. No. Um, uh, I, I was actually going to give a little bit more love to Amigo, though. Because Amigo, uh, we've gone over them a little bit before. Amigo was huge in the 70s. Um, well, it wasn't of, just like superheroes. Like you were talking no, about. Yeah, they like, had, like Star, like Star Trek, Trek and Planet Cowboys. And Plan- yeah, you know what's yeah. interesting about that? Like Planet of the Apes kind of is like, it seems to me like the great grandfather of like blockbuster sequels, you know, and like even franchise toys. Cause that was like the first thing, like all those, you know, the Mego guys, they had all the different apes figures once that, once that TV series came out. And then, you know, they had like play sets and you could stick them in little Jeeps and all kinds of stuff. So. Yeah. Yeah. And also like one thing that like <clears throat> Mego did back then, which is, as far as my knowledge has never been replicated like that was at a time when Marvel and DC were made by the same company. Yeah. You know, yeah, you could have Batman and Spider-Man fight and they were the same scale, they had the basic same design, you know, idea, like you know, they're made by the same company so they look similar. And yeah, you could have like, you know, Batman versus Spider-Man. You Superman. could also you could also pants Batman and Spider-Man <laughs> at the same time. I like how Batman's gloves look like mittens. <laughs> yeah. Going to slap you so hard. <laughs> Um, just really quick, like one other thing that began in the 70s and is still going strong is Happy Meals, Happy Meal toys. And maybe somebody can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the first Happy Meal toy, it might have been the second, was like a Star Trek motion picture like toy or something. I think it might have been the second Happy Meal toy, if I'm not mistaken. I did not know, I'm not aware of that, so I don't, I don't know the backstory I'm at, but that's that's really cool. V'ger was a Happy Meal toy. Is that what you're trying to tell us? <laughs> Dying Klingons on the starship Happy Meal toy. That is correct, Derek Unit. It's like, <laughs> take me to the Happy Meal <laughs> Unit. Do they have chicken nuggets yet? No, it's still the 70s. Oh, fuck. Oh, <laughs> uh, I was trying to think. Oh, they. I think like Mego did like Universal Monsters too. I think. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what what I had that was awesome was uh, they might have changed it up by the 80s, but um, I loved the Universal Monsters that were the same size as Kenner um, Star Wars figures, but then, like, eventually they made variants where they, they, if they glue in the dark. So, like, the the mummy's whole body would glow in the dark, and, like, with the Wolfman, it was, like, his, you know, his face and, like, his hands or something like that. And then like Dracula was kind of the same thing and Phantom of the Opera and then Frankenstein. And then there was a cool little sort of playset where, um, you could, uh, it it was kind of like a carrying case for all the figures. But when you opened it up, it was like, it had like, (laughs) it was like basically, I guess it was supposed to be like, you know, doc, you know, not to piss off, you know, uh, Frankenstein, 
you know, fans or whatever. I know it's like Dr. Frankenstein's the guy or whatever, but like, it was kind of like a Dr. Frankenstein lab. But to me, it was always like, it was like Dracula's lab and you could put Frankenstein's monster on the little turntable that would like flip over. But there was also like a coffin there for Dracula and like a, a, a tomb for the mummy. And, you know, Wolfman, I guess, would just be like a fucking Igor assistant, you know, running around and getting shit from Dracula or whatever. And I don't know if the Phantom had a little organ or not, but I, I think they had like little, you know, <laughs> dishes the girls, for everybody. It was basically, it was kind of like, it was kind of like groovy ghoulies where they all lived in the same playset or something, you know, kind of like <laughs> they all they all hung out at the same spot. I don't know if it was as cool as the Kenner Droid Factory, Derek. Uh, it was much cooler because, uh, <laughs> you know, that, yeah, uh, I know yeah. That was a horrible toy. I was just I was just being sarcastic. Oh God, I never understood that. You well, like, it did it did like give uh, it did give R two D two his third leg. So you gotta you get props <laughs> for that. But uh, yeah. yeah. True, true, true that. Um, yeah, I, I, I think the last toy I wanted to uh, mention, it was still Amigo. But uh, Amigo was known for their six-inch figures, but they uh, also had a couple of larger size figures. And this toy, to this day, I have fond yet horrible memories of. They had, and it may have came out in the 80s, but it was still from the Amigo line from the 70s. I'm not sure exactly when it came out. But they had a Spider-Man with web shooting action. And he had like this little canister of like web fluid, and when he ran out, like toys back then, you just ran out. You know, there wasn't like you know slime buckets you could buy for like you know Ghostbusters and stuff. But as much as that toy was really cool because he was very poseable, he was really he was awesome. He was really large and you know pretty badass. But I also remember him in another way, and that was the fact that my brother would fill up the little web shooter, which was like a little pump bellows thing. It was like his his forearm was basically like a little bubble. You like squeeze it underwater, and it would fill up with water. And, like, oh, at least once a week, I'd walk into his room to, like, you know, be like, hey, bro, can I, like, you know, play with your toys? And, like, he would just have that thing waiting like a fucking six gun and just spray me down with, like, fucking water. And I'm like, hey, bastard. So, yeah. Kind of a love-hate thing there. God damn you, Spider-Man water thing. You stubbed my toe. (laughs) I was eight. (laughs) This is in the 80s when he had it. Well, you know, I, I think... And thus, Tony vowed revenge against Spider-Man forever. Forever. You know what's funny, though? That's why Spider-Man's a genius. You know why? Because he could make the fucking fluid that was in that thing that you bought, <laughs> but you could not replace it. <laughs> and this is why Spider-Man's a genius, and that's why it's very important that, that he make his own web shooters. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> this if if you disagree with Derek, send your angry send, email. Send, send an angry email. email. <laughs> send me an angry email. I liked it when he had web spinners in his arms. Um, and web coming out of his neck. Um, <laughs> yay! You know, spoilers. Um, but yeah, yeah, a lot, a lot. Like, like I said, I, I think a lot of good concepts came out of the seventies. Like I said, I don't think there was. Exactly the quality, like, you know, Mike said, there was, like, oven mitt Batman and stuff like that. And, you know, they were still trying new things. But, yeah, we had Star Wars that came out and stuff like that. So a lot of really cool ideas came from the 70s. They just get refined and tweaked in the 80s. But still, you you, you got to give the love to the 70s for at least starting it. So that was, that was one of the topics I really want to talk about. Um, we're going to kind of – this is kind of a wrap-up, like, I guess, because we're just going to go all over the damn place. Um the 70s, probably one of the big things they were known for is music. 
Also, 70s was really kind of a cool time for comics. And I mean, we could even, if you guys want to, we could even talk about movies and stuff because there were all kinds of big, famous movies. Yeah, I wrote a few down. And, you know, things that won like Oscars and all kinds of stuff. So, whatever. Yeah, it's just like a big mishmash thing. Just like, you know, some 70s love. I mean, you can even throw video games in there if you want. I mean, Pong was there. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, just like, you know, just give some random 70s love. Um, I don't think I've started out with Derek tonight. I don't think have I. I may have. It doesn't matter. I if will I have, talk. If I, I have will it, talk does. regardless. <laughs> um, <laughs> I will do what I have to do. Uh, yeah, just yeah, random seventies love. Whatever you want to do. Random, just... random love. Um, well, you know, I mean, you, you, we already did a show on Star Wars, but obviously, like, you know, you got to mention like Star Wars. You know, oh, came yeah. out, and I'm going to call it Star Wars. You fucking pricks. It's not a New Hope. It was fucking <laughs> Star Wars. Um, anyway, but Star Wars came out, and um, you know you got to talk about stuff like you know for films and stuff you got to bring up like The Godfather and The Godfather Part Two and like just you know like really there were there were lots of solid like cool good films that are still you know widely regarded as classics to this first, day. First was um, you know, like, like I said, I I, I kind of dig the whole. Uh, uh, great grandfather to blockbuster sequels that is the whole planet of the apes franchise that sort of followed the you know the the uh you know the movie in the 60s or whatever you know like you had beneath and escape and my favorite is conquest which is basically what the uh you know the new one the rise of the planet of the apes was based on you know as far as i'm concerned it's kind of like a remake of that in a way um and then the last one's beneath um and then uh, for for comics, um, it, I just wrote down a couple things. I didn't want to get too deep into it, but you know, uh, the comics gave us Jack of Hearts. <laughs> no, 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 I'm just kidding. Um, it did, but that's not one of my favorite things. But um, damn you, seventies! Um, it's like Jack of Hearts and Jimmy Carter. Um, no, um, um, How but can uh, you not tell Jack of Hearts was made in the seventies, Christ. <laughs> If you didn't know, he was. Um, no, I, I love the New Gods, so, you know, any Fourth World stuff, and that all sort of originated, uh, you know, at the beginning of the decade and stuff like that and continued on. Uh, you know, I, I guess eventually it sort of got finished up in the late 80s because, you know, they had the implosion and a lot of DC titles were canceled. But I love all that Fourth World, you know, Dark Side, Mr. Miracle, uh, Forever People, like all that kind of Kirby good goodness yeah, um, for people who don't know, that's like some Kirby DC work, which, you know, was pretty cool. Yeah, I, I think that's some great stuff. Um, uh, another thing that I, I really adore from the 70s is the whole Neil Adams Batman, you know, Denny O'Neill run. You know, like that's some good books. Like a lot of the stuff that maybe you young kids watched on Batman the Animated Series you may not know uh, was uh, was adapted. <laughs> From uh, some of that uh, Denny O'Neill, Neil Adams stuff, like the Rachel Ghoul stuff, uh, you know, a lot of that stuff was directly adapted. Um, and then uh, another uh, '70s thing that I just like a lot is uh, the Len when uh, Bernie writes in uh, Swamp Thing original run. So that was about like ten or eleven issues or whatever uh, their run, but that I think started in '72. So like that's well, another. That's when, '70s was when he debuted, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's a that's a great um, 
I mean, that's some great Swamp Thing stuff. Um, the, as far as music goes, um, I was just thinking, like, that's the, the 70s is when, uh, when when Elvis and Bing Crosby went away from us. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, you know, like, some stuff that, that I dig, um, you know, I, I, I'd i say, like, I really like stuff like Billy Joel and, uh, and then uh, I sort of converse to that. I, I kind of like The Doors. And so, like, those are some things that were, you know, didn't exactly, maybe they didn't all start in the 70s, but they kind of, you know, some of those things seeped their way through. I mean, Piano Man was, was, I think, (laughs) 79 or something like that for Billy Joel, and you know. You you forgot Grand Funk Railroad. No, no. (laughs) I I did not, sir. Uh, I had to say it. Hey, what were you going to say, Justin? Sorry. Um, it was uh, the 70s. Like, I think, like, officially, like, December 1970 or January of 71 that the Beatles, like, officially broke up. Like, and they hadn't really performed together since, like, 69 because of all the fallout that happened with, you know, Let It Be and some, you know, rights issues and everything. Like, they were per- they were pursuing solo albums and projects and things but you know they they officially broke up at the beginning of the 70s but you know the 70s gave us a lot of other like you know cool bands and performers like the 70s saw like the the rise of david bowie like uh ziggy stardust and the spiders from mars probably my favorite david bowie album like i really dig david bowie um even though he got started like 67 68 i think um you also had like Queen. Queen got their start in like seventy one, seventy two, and then um, in seventy three you had Dark Side of the Moon, which was like the big breakout for Pink Floyd. But you know they they had also been around since like the late sixties. But you know Dark Side of the Moon really like you know propelled them. Yeah, it doesn't matter like when the band came out. If like their seminal works in the seventies, man. Yeah, that totally definitely counts. Yeah. Yeah. So that's cool. What any, any uh, movies or anything or comics that you wanted to uh, talk about? Um, like some of my favorite Bond films came out in the seventies, like um, Moonraker. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I actually like Moonraker. I know a lot of you know we talked about this before. You know, most of us like Moonraker, myself included. But it seems like a lot of Bond fans like Moonraker kind of stubs their toe. I guess because it's too campy and you know it's Bond in space, but. Isn't, really but Moon, isn't Moonraker like eighty something though? No, it was like no, it was like seventy eight, I think. Oh, okay, okay, my bad. Um, but before that, you had um, the Spy Who Loved Me, which is another one of my favorite Bond films. Um, the two before that, with Roger Moore, uh, Man with the Golden Gun, and Live and Let Die, like eh, those are okay. Like I'll watch them every now and then, but. Uh, I guess the the other big thing from the seventies was we got Jaws, which gave us you know Spielberg, and which gave us the actual blockbuster as opposed to the the great grandfather of blockbuster sequels. Yeah. yeah. And then I'm going to mention this again because I keep bringing it up for some reason, but uh, in seventy nine we got Star Trek motion picture. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> and who is the creator? The creator is that which created Vija. Who is Vija? Vija is that which seeks the creator. Garbage unit is <laughs> opening motion picture. <laughs> hey, you know what? Even though I, I am a well-known not fan of the movie, 
The fact is, is it, it obviously did well enough to spawn sequels and rejuvenated interest in Trek, so I will give it that. I will say that much. Yeah. Well, I think if, if it hadn't been for Star Wars, you know, we wouldn't have had, you know, that revitalization of Star Trek because, you know, before that... I'm trying it, to make you feel good here, Justin, Dan. <laughs> oh, no, I'm I don't like, know. They, they probably would have tried to do like, that Phase 2 TV yeah. show, whatever they are going to try and do, you know. But, you know, like... It, if nothing else, you know, the Star Wars success, you know, led to Moonraker and the motion picture. But it also, like, you know, gave us a lot of like, really cool special effects in the motion picture, which is pretty much, you know, all there is. It's just, like, special effects and reaction shots to those special effects. So. <laughs> yeah, they, they had a good score, so I'll give it yeah, that. Yeah, like, that, that, that's, that's probably one of my favorite score Star Trek as opposed to, you know, I don't know, a lot of movies I see today that have these kind of, like, I don't know, house-made, whatever they are, you know, soundtracks or scores or whatever that's kind of boring. But, um, you know, it's it's Jerry Goldsmith, so it's yeah. it's good good stuff. And he did a lot of the Planet of the Apes stuff, too, which is also very good. Yeah. So, If it helps, Justin, at least the motion picture is a movie I like to hate on instead of just a movie that I just hate. So there's that going for it. Yeah. I, I enjoy it for his badness. So there, and, there's, uh, you know, if, if nothing else, like, it's, uh, you know... It can put Mike's mom to sleep if she's, you know, got insomnia. <laughs> it's excellent sleep aid. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, I was just going to throw a couple of uh, things out there. Uh, again, I'll, I'll, I'll get the secret brother nod to uh, Derek. Yeah, Star, Star Wars came out then. We've talked about it. did myriad of podcasts, so there's no point to really go over it that much. But that's when it came out. Um, I agree. It is Star Wars. You know, you can say it's a new hope. But no, it, it, when they... Show the fucking commercials of Star Wars. That's all you're getting. Um, you know, great movie. Uh, still like the original better than the special edition. But uh, <laughs> hey, I'll, I'll, I will seek your brother you on that. Yeah. Um, like just something really quick. Like I know, like me as a kid, like when I was watching Star Wars, you know, it, and it became you know like episode you know four and five. Like I was always confused. I'm like, well, where's the first three episodes? Like, you know. And then sadly we they'll, they'll be ready <laughs> when they're ready. <laughs> like you know, sadly we got those you know years later. But I remember as being a little kid, I'm like, well, where's the other like three episodes? Like you know, why did they start in the middle? Like I, that always confused me as a kid. Like I know they the, the stories. I, I know the reasons Lucas gave. You know because you know to Lucas the middle of the story is the most you know interesting or whatever. But I don't know that always like kind of confused me as a little kid. Well, you know what you what it, what confused me is if if that is the truth, you know, if 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 episode four was where most of the action took place, then I mean, well, not start with the first one, yeah. No, 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 no. That's not what I'm. I, my my thing is then that Didn't means episodes one through three are obviously going to be very very boring. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like like it just yeah. I don't know. Yeah. At the very worst, like, you know, if you're going to have to do, like, extra movies, why don't you do, like, episode three and episode seven? How about that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Give, give us, like, you know, like, a little bit before the awesome ass, action, assin is actually a better word. It's a lot of assin. Um, Derek, Derek, tell your sister that you are right about them. <laughs> <laughs> My sister? I don't even have a sister. <laughs> All right, cool, cool. Yeah, we don't want to go too much into Star Wars because I mean it started in the seventies and it was a, it was a good movie, so no need to get all hateful on it. Uh, the first movie is still a classic, still a great movie, so no no need to even mention the prequels. 
will stay in our respective decade. Um, I was going to throw out a couple of things. As far as music, you know what? I'm a Southern boy, born and raised. On the playground is where I spent most of my days. But uh, I love me some CCR. Creative Clearwater Revival. That was just some good music. I mean, it really personified Southern rock. A lot of good stuff. Just, I mean, I, I would love to, you know, go into it more in detail, but it's more of a music topic. We're just talking about the 70s in general, but just like Bad Moon Rising or, you know, it just, oh, so many songs by uh, Credence Clearwater Revival. Just really good stuff. As as far as comics, I'm going to pull out a little vague, obscure thing here. I know Brian will appreciate this when he hears the podcast. Nova started in the 70s. The Human Rocket. (laughs) Nova. Woo! He, He is in space, so I do like Nova by default. Yeah, exactly. Um, Richard Ryder is uh, basically, let's not throw stones, because it's not a bad thing. I mean, I'm not bashing on it, but he's kind of like Marvel's Green Lantern in a way. The Nova Corps are this alien race who grant the power of, like, you know, Nova to uh, young Richard Ryder. And he he basically is, uh, unlike the Green Lanterns, he's a big tough guy. He's really strong. He uh, can fly at, like, you know, Mach 23,000. And uh, as shown in New Warriors, if he gets pissed off enough about Egyptians, I don't know. Um, not not to, like, step on Brian's toes, but I prefer Nova from Planet of the Apes. <laughs> Nova? I, 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 like, I like that Nova, too. Yeah, yeah it's pretty hot. Um, definitely more, more comely. Um <clears throat> but yeah, I was gonna say he can he can let out the uh, the Nova Force or the Nova Burst where his eyes get all red and super sandy. Um, I just thought it was a good uh, good little comic. Also, another comic that got to start in the seventies. Surprised Derek didn't mention this. I, I I'm really surprised. Ghost Rider really came into his own in the seventies, which was that is true. Yep. Uh, good good friend uh, Nicholas Cage. No wait, not Nicholas Cage. Johnny Blaze. How could I forget? Now, uh, obviously, Nicholas Cage does play the uh, Johnny Blaze character. There's been a couple since then. Well, just you know, Danny Catch. But uh, yeah, that's that's when it started. I, I always like the original Ghost Rider bite because it is kind of cheesy. It's got this huge ass like police motorcycle skull head on it, and I, I just always found that amusing. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, like some good comics there. As far as movies, besides the uh, aforementioned Jaws, besides the aforementioned Star Wars, which I, I do like, I do like, um, I would probably have to say that in the 70s, I could be wrong. I See, that's that's where I didn't do my research on this one. Was Close Encounters in the 70s or the 80s? I want to say 80s. I think it was around the same time as Star Wars. Like I want to say 77 or 78. Yeah. Well, we'll find out. We'll, we'll we'll do some. We'll, we'll let Derek type. It, it was seventy-seven. Yeah, seventy-seven. Really? Close encounters of the third kind. Cool, yep. awesome. I thought it was older. I wasn't sure though. Really good movie by uh, Mr. Spielberg. Um, it, I, I I would love to uh, be the asshole and say it probably sparked a lot of the uh, UFO conspiracy nuts again. After Roswell died down, they're like, "Oh wait, Close Encounters this is really happening." Like, no, 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 it's a movie, dude. Um. <laughs> But uh, but no, it, all in all, it's still a good movie. A lot of creepy moments, like the, uh, I think it's Indian or uh, Arabic. I think it's Indians. 
who are just sitting there like going, ah, ah, ah. I was like, whoa. Just, just you know, it, it's it's kind of cool. It has this like apocalyptic feel, but in the end, it's just like, no, nah, dude, we're just, we're just, we're here, we're cool, we're just, you know, we're aliens. Calm down. <laughs> but but it does fuck with you because it does have a lot of moments where you're just like, oh, aliens are gonna fuck our shit up. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I, it's a really good movie. Uh, good special effects for the time too. Special effects. Um, I think that's really all we could say about the seventies. Other than I think my my final parting shot on it would be groovy. What would you guys say? I would echo the groovy. No. That's all I have to say, Tony Unit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Justin. <laughs> we will Yo, be... Stop competing with me, 70s. <laughs> <laughs> Spock. <But> yeah. <laughs> Spock. Yeah, that was, it was funny. I, I remember I, we were talking about before how, how we were watching that movie or whatever. And like my dad's like, is that is that all Shatner knows how to say? Like he didn't have any lines. He's just like, Spock. Bum, bum. Like he says it like five times in a row sometimes in that movie. He just looks at me. He's like, "My line, I forgot." Oh, that, 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 they, eventually they were like, "They're like Bill, Bill. If you forget your line, you don't have to call for line. Just say Spock, and we'll keep the camera." <laughs> you know, so he's like, yeah. he's like, "Vijay's coming out of nowhere, and we Spock." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, 70s, it was a pretty cool decade. I mean, <clears throat> despite our, our 70s shame, I would say the good outweighs the bad, definitely, definitely, definitely. Uh, so, all the stuff we talked about, some of it is not as readily available as the 80s and 90s stuff we have done before, because it was a different time, a lot of it wasn't archived, some of it was, they, they, we've already mentioned some of the uh, sitcoms that are, that are available on DVD, so check out what you can, um... Yeah, I mean, that, I think that's all we could really say about that uh, decade in our uh, timeline. We're going to move on to one of our mainstays, one of our little topics we always go into every podcast. It is our awesome thing of the week. Da, 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 da. Um, you will never hear that again. Uh, <laughs> basically, we just say what is something really cool in our part of the universe. Uh, I'm going to go with Eeny, Meeny, Miny, Grimlock. What is something awesome in your corner of the universe this week? Well, um, the last episode of Gokaiger aired last week, and it was really cool. Like, the last two episodes were really awesome. You had a lot of uh, former you know, Sentai uh, stars coming back and reprising their roles. And you know, there were some really awesome battles going on, like, especially the, like the last 15 minutes, I guess, of episode 51 was just – Awesome. They like they kind of like spammed a whole bunch of Gokai changes against the the Zangyuk Emperor, and it, it was a really great battle. But you know, it kind of sad to see Gokaiger go because it was so awesome. But on the other hand, I'm, I'm looking forward to GoBuster. Like, I'm sure it won't be as good as Gokaiger, but you know, it's it's the thing you go through every year. Like, you're kind of sad to see the the current team go, but you're looking forward to the next team. Um, well, well, who are you gonna call? Go Buster. <laughs> Apparently, and uh, um, also like something to look forward to, you know, for me is uh, the uh, Super Sentai versus Common Rider movie will be coming out in April, 
I mean, it's coming out in Japan, so we we won't get to see it until probably you know fall when it's on DVD and it's sub. But I, I'm really looking forward to that. You know, I've I've really got into Common Rider, of a big time here the the past few months, and I've I've been watching one of the older series and stuff, and I'm really looking forward to seeing you know some of these you know uh, writers and Sentai teams you know like basically just team up or you know beat the crap out of each other. Cool, cool. Uh, yeah, I, I am woefully behind on Go Kiger, and I really want to catch up because it is a really good series. So, uh, thanks for the heads up. I, I will probably do a huge marathon at some point and try to get caught up over a week or so. But uh, yeah, 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 definitely Go Kiger, a long-standing pick here on the uh, Fanholes podcast. So definitely check that out. Um, had they had they solidified it's going to be the one after Go Tiger, uh, Go Seeger over here. Um, no, nothing's really like been set in stone. Like they're doing, you know. Season two or whatever they're calling it. I don't know if they're calling it a season two or just another yeah, series. Yeah, Super Samurai. Yeah. Super Samurai is what it is, and there's been some speculation that they will skip Go Sager and go directly to Go Kaiger. But I don't, I don't know if it's true or not. I know the the last thing I heard was they they did a casting call for Go for Go Sager or you know whatever it's going to be over here, but then I guess they put that on hold or canceled it. So I, I'm I don't know what they're going to do to be honest. I, I would like for them to keep up the uh, the streak because ever since uh, Zoo Ranger, they've pretty much done every single ups, uh, every single series, right? Yeah, you know, in, in one form or another. So I'm I'm kind of like you. I would prefer they kind of go in order, and you know, I'm, there's some you know pretty cool Ghost Sager toys. I'm looking forward to getting over here, you know, so you can avoid you know heavy like importing fees or whatever. Oh, I'm yeah. like, looking forward to that. So yeah, 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 totally. Um, yeah, cool, cool. Again, yeah, like I said, Go Go Kiger is really cool, so no problem with that at all. I, I really do have to catch up on Common Rider. You gotta understand, though, Masked Rider really put a horrible taste in my mouth, and I know it's not the same thing, not even a little bit, not even a shred of the same thing, but, yeah, just... Americans yeah, like, can really fuck some shit up. <laughs> like, what... The series I'm watching right now is called Common Rider Amazon, and this is, like, the fourth or fifth series like it's it's in the 70s at some point and like it it's really vicious like the it's basically like the common writer tarzan because it's like the guy is like you know orphaned in the jungle and he grows up there he can't talk so he comes over to japan he turns into you know writer amazon and he doesn't really have like any like you know super attacks or you know limit breaks or anything but so when he fights like a giant monster, like a giant mole monster or, you know, a spider, he just bites the crap out of him. And you see him like tearing <laughs> these giant chunks out of these suits and there's blood splitting out everywhere. And, you know, like if, if he's fighting the monster in his normal form, like when he looks like Tarzan or whatever, like he's all like cut up and he's got blood like just dripping off of him. I'm like, man, this is kind of violent. <laughs> Darren's going to be like, I don't think that's correct. I don't think there's that much attacking in that. And he's going to like watch it be like, oh, shit, again. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> why, does, why does Japan keep doing this to me? Um, know, that's just a joke, Derek. Just kidding with you. Um, no, cool. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I, 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 I like the idea of Common Rider. Like I said, I just have to get over my, my unfounded hatred of the Fox Kids version. So, bleh, still hate it. Um, I'm going to go to uh, Mike. What's your awesome thing this week? 
I don't know if it's so much an awesome thing as it was a tolerable thing. <laughs> uh, I, I saw Ghost Rider 2, and, you know, it, it, I didn't think it was terrible. I, I mean, actually, like, it kind of approaches that so bad it's good, you know, quality. But, uh, was, well, was you know, it better uh, than the first one? Yeah, it was definitely better than the first one, and you know, it's it seemed like the directors realized that you know we we have Nick Cage, so we might as well get the full Nick Cage experience. So just to, they told him to like you know act like ham his ass off, pretty much. So that, that was his band but, in high school, the Nick Cage experience. <laughs> the Nick Cage experience. Mike, yes. at, at any point, does he fight bees? Um, actually. Yes, and I'm not even lying. Nice. Like there's there's a point where like he tries to reach out and like tousle the kid's hair, and like the kid like brushes him off and is like, "There was a bee in your face." You know, I was trying to get it off. It wasn't awesome. Yeah, it wasn't awesome. <laughs> well, at least it was better than the first one because it's widely known that most people did not like the first one. So that's a good thing. Yeah, I was kind of I was kind of grumpy when I came out of the theater for the first one, but this one I you know I I don't think I don't think they've made a, a quote unquote perfect Ghost Rider movie yet or anything like, but this one seemed kind of like kind of like uh, I've been saying it's small villain, you know, like they had they had kind of ideas and concepts, you know, visual keys and names that they kind of throw into the movie and tossed in, and it's not entirely accurate but it it, it kind of gave a flavor of of some of the arcs and ideas you know so i was like eh, it's, it it was okay and and Char- charred marshmallow ghost rider at least looked more convincing than the first ghost rider yeah i'm not your, I'm not, your peroxided bleach white skull ghost yeah rider. yeah <laughs> i'm not i'm not sure if if the charred marshmallow look helped convince me but i think i think the way they decided to have him move and the way they they they, you could tell they spent money on the effects more like i don't know like it seemed like like in the first movie the the technology wasn't that perfected where the walking was kind of stilted with the head and didn't exactly match up and you kind of knew that like you know just innately from watching it like that it wasn't a natural movement but this really had like a video game cutscene look to it I don't know. This movie that kind of played up any unnaturality as part of his character, you know. So it's like when he walked, they kind of made you know they would cut to his feet a lot and 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 you know things that were obviously natural. But when he when he moved around, sometimes they had him do this weird fast demon move where it'd be like you know uh, he'd be standing twenty feet away from a dude and then he kind of you know do his chatterbox skull chatter and like quickly you know almost at like you know super demon speed like run up to a guy or something you know and so that made the awkwardness like oh and even acting wise you could tell it was like nick cage like kind of what mike was saying doing his wacky cage thing even when they were capturing him because ghost rider had these kind of wacky funny movements as a demon where he kind of kept you know twitching his head around and doing kind of tilty kind of almost you know like velociraptor animalistic you know, aggression-y type movements, you know, so. <clears throat> Trying to blur the line between, you know, it's, it's Nick Cage, it's Ghost Rider, it's Nick Cage, instead of just, like, you know, instead they just try to make it more like, okay, Nick Cage is Ghost Rider still, more or less. Yeah, sort of, but but sort of possessed, you know, where he's, yeah. like, doing all kinds of crazy kind of, you know, hey, what's going on, Tony? <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> is, it, is it your awesome thing this week, too, or you got something different, Derek? 
Uh, I was going to go with, uh, I, I'd been doing some catching up on, uh, Supernatural, because they, they, I guess, you know, as of, as of when we're recording this, uh, it's, it's almost the end of, uh, February, but, uh, I, I kind of, I, I kind of hadn't been watching the show since it started up again in January, so I just kind of did a marathon of, uh, you know, like four or five episodes, uh, the other night, but, uh, I, I think one of my favorite episodes, which is my awesome thing, is called, uh, uh, let me just make sure I'm like, it is called, uh, time after time. And, uh, it's basically a time travel episode. Um, and, uh, if you haven't seen it, I apologize, but by the time this airs, it, it, uh, you know, it'll be long, long since aired, but, uh, uh, Dean basically, uh, gets zapped back to the forties and, uh, he meets a fellow hunter who turns out to be Elliot Ness. So I thought that was kind of cool. Oh, that's cool. Hmm. Yeah, that's really yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so so there's there's plenty of cool, like, you know, exchanges between them. Like, you know, it, it's typical, you know, Dean's kind of going through some pathos and, you know, feeling a little sorry for himself. And uh, there, there's a funny exchange between him and Elliot Ness where he's kind of like, yeah, I don't even I don't even know why I'm doing this anymore. You know, and Elliot Ness turns to him and he goes, well, are all you guys from the future fucking sissies or what? Like, <laughs> but he, you know, he's like, he's like, hey, you know. He's kind of like, you know, everybody dies, everybody, you know, has some tough times to go through. Like, you got to man up and, you know, you know, I just thought it was kind of funny. Where <laughs> really he's did. like, he's like, he's yeah. like, are you all, are you all little girls in the future? Like, basically, like, so it kind of cracked me up, so. Nice. That's cool. Yeah, very cool. Um, my, mine is more, I guess, nebulous in a way, but uh, Toy Fair recently happened. And Toy Fair is basically this huge, giant. Uh, here, here's all the shit we're going to sell from various toy companies and whatnot, Hasbro and Mattel and all that. One of the things that really kind of lightened my mood, made me a little bit more of a happy camper, uh, Transformers, the uh, Fall of Cybertron toys were shown, and we were promised there's going to be a continuation of what is now being called, um, I'm trying to think of what's the, uh, what's the, what's the big name for it? Generations? Or... No, no, they call it something else. Uh, classics... Chug. Chug. <laughs> yeah, Classics Universe Generations. But yeah, that's that's their new like that's the new Transformer in in phrase for it, Chug. Um so yeah, it's it's apparently gonna keep going on, which makes me a very happy person. I don't know if uh I've made it very clear, but I'm not a big Michael Bay fan, not a big fan of the movie designs. Dark of the Moon really just turned me off as far as buying toys. I got like maybe four Dark of the Moon toys. And from this guy who buys probably the shittiest toys just because I want a Transformers fix, that's really saying something. I like would just see like, you know, top spin, top spin with gravity gun, top spin street luge. I'm like, okay, fucking stop with the goddamn top spin of bumblebees. And just Dark of the Moon really just turned me off. So the fact that it's gonna be continuing, I really like what I saw from Fall of Cybertron. I know uh Mike, you said you uh, dug the uh, shockwave. I think you said that too. Oh yeah, that looks awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So the fact they're going back to kind of more, uh, you know, classics universe style really makes me happy. I'm definitely looking more forward to the upcoming Transform releases. That's my awesome thing. Just although let's let's just not talk about the Bruticus. I I am... I'm 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 gonna vicariously stick up for Brian. And say how uh, all the funky, crazy, stupid colors are awesome. Um, <laughs> I, I'm gonna say but, I, I think it's okay. I, 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 I'm fifty-fifty. Yeah. 
So the 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 acronym though makes me picture a Perceptor like downing a kegger of Energon or something. I know, right? <laughs> you will chug. <laughs> yeah, it made me call. <clears throat> yeah, it's like, yeah. I mean, you know, it is what it is. I, I I'm I'm just glad that the, like Hasbro realizes that the Transformer. I I mean, I don't know as far as Star Wars versus Transformers as far as sales, but I would definitely say as far as licenses that Hasbro started on their own, like Transformers, like G.I. Joe, their 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 homegrown properties. Transformers is killing G.I. Joe right now. They're selling so much more than G.I. Joe. So it's nice that they're actually kind of, you know, realizing the fan base is there and they should, you know, cater to us a little bit, which they have done a very, you know, decent job of improving their uh, rep, you know, for a while. It was like, really? Do we not get anything? The hardcore fans have been here for a while and they're like, yeah, we'll throw you a bone. So, Thank you, Hasbro, for throwing us a bone. That's, that's a very uh, cool thing you're doing for us. Um, you'll get a lot more sales from it. Um, yeah, uh, a lot of good, awesome things this week. Uh, Brian has not been able to make it, unfortunately, this podcast. We will, we have missed him. I, I was looking forward to his thoughts on the 70s. But, hey, you know, real life happens. So that's always, you know, uh, trial and tribulation of the podcast. We will have him uh, on back as soon as possible. Anybody want to add anything else to the podcast? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Because right now, I don't think we have any like timeline for future uh, history of comics on film or uh, retroviruses that have already been uh, plugged or whatnot. So. We're we're working on them. They'll they'll be something. So. They'll be ready when they're ready. <laughs> they'll be ready when they're ready. Stop asking about it. <laughs> no, I'm I'm gonna make a lengthy video where I chastise all the people who supported me and watched my videos about <laughs> bothering me about it or something. Why do you want that, to that's, that's time well spent, you know? Like, yeah. I will jump on people who enjoy my work. Damn you all. Derek, when are you going to talk about Reggie Rich? <laughs> You're like, soon. Very soon. <laughs> I have security holograms in place. Um, one thing that you can count on, though, definitely uh, as far as uh, regular content is the fan holes are always here giving you sidecasts and a podcast every week. We are dedicated to our fans. And you know what? If you have anything you want to say to us, we have the Facebook. We have the Twitter. We have the email. You can reach us at fanholespodcast at uh, gmail.com. We love to hear back from you. We love any kind of comments, criticisms. You can say we suck. You can say we're great. We will read it on the air. You'll get your 10 seconds of fame. Then we'll probably tell you why you're wrong. Um. <laughs> well, like Tony said, we'll, we'll take angry emails. We'll take suggestions, you know, whatever, whatever, what have you. Uh, we'll we'll uh, like to listen to anything you have to say on Facebook or Twitter or, uh, you know, the Gmail. So let us know and uh, uh, keep in touch. Definitely, definitely. Um, one quick thing I would like to say before we uh, all sign off. Uh, Derek has informed me that we have actually been getting a lot of hits on our uh, videos, especially uh, some of the sidecasts and some of the uh, video versions of our podcasts on the uh, good old blip. I would like to say myself, thank you for watching. Uh, thank you for listening to uh, all the stuff we do. It's really cool to know that we have some people wanting to hear what we have to say. So thank you so much for supporting the uh, fan holes uh, endeavor that we're going on. That's, that's really cool of you folks. Um, we will try to do more shows to uh, cater to your whims and maybe some shows that make you a little bit riled up, but not on purpose. We just have our own opinions. 
But until then, uh, we will keep doing the show. We will always be here to give you the latest in cultural activity going on in the geek fan base. But until the next podcast, this is Tony. And I think I said I was a Night Ranger or something like that. So, yeah. <laughs> Hey, this is uh, Derek, Derek W.C., uh, culturally active human being. (laughs) Hey, it's Mike Thunderwing, and if you're the Night Ranger, Tony, I guess that makes me the day (laughs) stay-at-homer. Not as intimidating, but but good. good. And I am the Grimlock Unit. And we'll see you next time on the Beezer Podcast. <laughs> Peace, Carbon Units. Peace. Peace, Akis. <laughs> Stop competing with me, Fanholes. Stop <laughs> piecing me, Fanholes. <laughs> I need my pain. <laughs> <laughs> Stop competing with me, Barbara. Stop competing with me. Stop. There's a man. There's a man out there. His name's Vijay. Stop competing with me, Decker.